You're listening to The Diarist, a Red Couch Black Dog production. Episode 5, Wedding Bells and Dreams Collide. could tell, even before we made eye contact, that he knew about my date with Stephen Morris. I stood at the elevator with his coffee, just as Lucy always had. However, as soon as he exited, before he even touched the cup, he blurted, It's cold. Get another. I took his coat and he rushed past me and firmly shut the office door. This treatment lingered for months, until finally I took my job as one of placating a small, angry child. But after that brief exchange in his office that afternoon, that day that Richard told me he liked my blouse, I became hungry for more of him. I asked myself, very often on the train ride to or from work, why I was doing it. Staying at a job where I was treated so poorly. As my relationship with Richard grew more serious, I considered not showing up. Make him come to me. Find me. Tell me he wants me. Some of these fantasies involved him needing me as his secretary, but more often, I'd reimagine the day he gave me the scarf. His hands so close to my neck, close enough for me to smell his aftershave, his breath so close to mine. What would it have taken for him to move just a bit closer, to press his lips against mine? It seemed that my fantasy of Richard was shadowing the real man. I was so frustrated and hungry all the time I felt broken. Just when I thought I'd reached the deepest depths, something else would plummet me further. But then there was Stephen Morris, my savior. So I was split in half. My love for Stephen grew more mature, less passionate, but passionate nonetheless. But often when I closed my eyes, when he kissed me or held me in his arms... Really, it was Richard I was dreaming of. Mr. Hayes' office, how may I help you? Andrea, it's Marilyn over at Kennedy Parker Construction. Hello, Marilyn. Would you like me to connect Mr. Parker to Mr. Hayes? No, dear. Mr. Parker was expecting a package from Roth, Hayes & Johnson. He spoke with Mr. Hayes last week at the conference. He was expecting it a few days ago, and he's growing frustrated. I know the package. It was the final print mock-up for life. I'm sure I sent it out in last week's mail. To be honest with you, Andrea, Mr. Parker is very upset. It seems he was on the fence over the deal in the first place. It's Mr. Roth he doesn't like. Feels he's greedy. Oh, I see. 
Mr. Hayes smoothed things over. Now this. Well, this can be corrected right away. I'll have to talk with Mr. Hayes and the art team, but I can have that over to you by the end of the day. Please tell Mr. Parker I'm very sorry. I'll take responsibility. That won't be necessary for you to put yourself in the line of fire. Just get it here as soon as possible, and I'll keep him distracted. All right. I'll call you as soon as I know anything, Marilyn. Richard, I'm sorry it's important. What is it? May I come in? I'm trying to concentrate. What's so important? Well, come in then. Close the door. I spoke with Marilyn over at Kennedy Parker Construction. I know they are an important client. What's the problem? Somehow the package, the photographs and mock-up for life, didn't get to him. They what? I sent it by both mail and courier. I knew it was very important, and I made sure Very important is an understatement. This is scheduled to go to press for the May issue. That deadline is passed. So you're telling me that one of our top clients hasn't seen the final ad and is going to press. I'm sorry. I, I don't know how this happened. Assemble the art team. Call your boyfriend and have him get up here now. Richard, I can get everything together and then prepare the package for you to approve. You've got to be joking. Why should I trust you with this now? In fact, have Ellen come in here. She'll make sure it gets done and things are smoothed over with Kennedy Parker. You stick to the phones until I tell you otherwise. That's it. Where are you going? Don't you dare! Yes, I dare! I've had enough! If you hate me so much, why don't you just pick another secretary? Perhaps I will. That sounds like a very good idea right about now. Go straight ahead. I don't care. You have been so unkind to me. All I've done is try to do my job. I'm sorry I intruded on your family life a few months ago. I thought I was helping. That's enough. I don't want to discuss this with you. Make up your mind if you want this job. If not, then let Ellen know and she will make arrangements for a replacement. There are a hundred girls lined up for this position. By the way, lesson one... Girls don't talk to their bosses in this manner. All right. Make the arrangements, then. I won't be needing this job much longer anyway. Is that so? Yes, as a matter of fact. Why is that? Guess why don't you? Send Ellen in. I've had enough of your childish behavior. I did think about whether I wanted the job. Well, at first I ran to the girls' room and cried it out. Finally, I decided I'd put myself through enough. It was self-destructive. I had invested too much in my job as Richard's personal secretary. Once I came to my senses, I could see how preoccupied with him I had been. I hadn't seen my friends in months, instead poring over ad campaigns and burning the midnight oil just so he could get the credit. Spending my free time, a schoolgirl, fixing myself up for a man who was nothing but cruel to me. In our private glances, he continued to glare, or command me to work harder, improve. I anticipated his every need, and still it wasn't enough. It became a game to me, every day a challenge to satisfy him, knowing his resistance was not of a professional nature. However, another side of me butted in. I indulged Mother in her intoxication over Stephen Morris, and I spent more time and energy on Stephen. What was he supposed to think and feel, knowing things were serious with Stephen? Back and forth, just like that. As soon as I got back to my desk, I saw Ellen running around like crazy. Stephen was in Richard's office with his art team. They had the portfolios, and I knew it would take them no time to put together the ad and rush it over to Kennedy Parker. 
Don't worry, Andrea. We all know it's not your fault. He's so unkind to me. We've got to stop taking it so personally. I don't mean to be harsh, but get a thicker skin, Andrea. We all get chewed out by these executives. You're not the only one. But he treats me like a child. But these men are sharks. That's their job. We're just here to throw them the bait. It's a game. So if he wants you to walk in like a mouse, then do it. If you want to work here. I'm telling you, it's no different anywhere else. It's part of the job. I suppose I am being childish. Not childish, just new at this. You'll see. Treat him like a small child. It makes it a lot easier. You wouldn't yell at a child, would you? You just cajole them and comfort them. If he yells or criticizes you, then fix him a scotch and find a way to fix things up. Do they yell at you too, Ellen? Not usually, but they used to. Listen, 99 times out of 100, no man ever criticizes himself for anything, no matter how wrong he may be. Criticism is futile and it's dangerous because it hurts a man's pride, arouses resentment. Well, I don't know if I agree that... With which part of it? Do you think Mr. Hayes is going to blame himself for anything? Or is it the case that he will blame you? It seems he blames me or takes his frustration well, see out of me. what I mean? Dale Carnegie says men are not creatures of logic. They are creatures of emotion. All of us. Criticism is a dangerous spark. So that's it? Let him criticize and belittle me? If you want to stay in the business world, then yes. Pour him a scotch. Make sure he's comfortable. It takes character and self-control to be understanding and forgiving. Oh, boy. Why do you stay? You're married. You don't have to. I like being in the pool with the sharks. All right, dear. Thank you. You've made me feel much better. And everything is all right with Kennedy Parker. Ah, oh, this was nothing. We all know it. Just a tantrum. All right. I'll talk to you later. <clears throat> Mr. Hayes' office, how may I help you? Mr. Hayes' office? I found you! Emma, darling, I knew you'd do right by me. Margaret, Mr. Mrs. Hayes, is it you? If not you, then me. Em Emma Bovary, you've got to get a hold of yourself. I Margaret, dear, I why are you calling? How can I help you? I was completely elevated at that time. The time, the time Richard tried, so, so there would be no pacing in any direction. Instead, I let the desire to research that particular fact about surviving... Margaret, I'm going to hang up and call Elizabeth. Don't! Don't tell him. I decided it could evaporate with the other remnants of instruction I had on the principles of human evolution. Andrea, who is it? It's Ellen. I spotted her in my memories, and then the darn stitch pulled in the knitting. I sat in Richard's study. Andrea, who is it? Why do you get a study, I asked him. Because I'm a man, Emma. Tell Richard. Come into my office, now. What is it, Mr. Hayes? Mr. Hayes? That's more like it. I see you took our conversation to heart. Yes, I did. I did. You were right. Can I fix you a drink? Yes. What did you want to see me about? Nothing. 
Close the door on your way out. Yes, sir. Why do you suppose mother and father are running late? We should have picked her up. I hate to imagine her in the rain. They'll be fine. Father is a perfectly capable driver. Particularly with mother's directing him from the passenger seat. Yeah, you're right. I don't know why I'm so nervous. I don't know either. They absolutely love you. How about we order a drink to settle your nerves? That's a good idea. But really. Yes, sir? Uh, scotch on the rocks. And what would you like, Andrea? I'll have a gin and tonic. And a gin and tonic for the lady. Before they get here. I wanted to talk with you about that call from Margaret. The day you were coming out of the Kennedy Parker emergency meeting. Yeah, what a what a ruse that was. What was he so hot under the collar about? A, a simple mistake? But the call... It was his wife, Margaret. Oh, she's crazy, isn't she? Troubled. What did she want? She was stark raving mad. I found out from Ellen that she's back in Waterville. She's been there for a month. Mm, It's a shame. But that's it. Richard hasn't told me a thing about it. Well, why should he? I'm his personal secretary. I should know. What did she want? She was stark raving. It scared me. Why? A scotch on the rocks and a gin and tonic for the lady. Uh, thank you. Oh, there's mother and father. You look lovely, Beverly. Oh, how did you catch this boy, Andrea? Norman. I'll have a gin gimlet. Andrea, you may have a drink if you like. You're old enough now. I can decide if I want a drink. So you boys are going to set off on an adventure today? You really remind me of Norman when he was young, Stephen. (laughs) Oh, I've spoken with your mother about the trip to Wallapuck Lake. It was so generous of her to invite us all for the weekend. I just love your mother, dear. Oh, she loves you too. I didn't know we were planning a trip. Uh, It was a surprise. A surprise? Yes, darling, a surprise. What do you mean? Father, did you know about this too? I have to make sure I don't have to work. Oh, you don't need to worry about that much longer. Work. Yes, dear. Uh, Mom's been the word for two weeks. What do you mean? I feel like a cad. Why on earth? I mean, this isn't the most romantic time or place. I'll I'll, I'll make up for that, I promise. We'll have a romantic... Stephen? Oh, Oh, darling, this is just how I imagined it. Will you make me the happiest man in the world? A gin giblet? Not now! Not now! Can't you see he's proposing? Bring us some champagne. Mother! Are you? Would you? I... Andrea Davies, will you marry me? Yes, of course. (laughs) Of course I will. Cheers! Champagne all around. It's on the house. Congratulations, miss. Oh, darling, I'm so happy for you both. Now, Stephen, from now on, you call me mother. All right, that sounds good to me. Did you plan all of this? Lotus Room? Not exactly proposing on a dramatic cliff, or... No, it's perfect. And it's just wonderful that you included mother and father. Is that what all this talk about the lake is about? Yes. A wedding at the lake? No, you get to plan that. Leave the wedding plan to us girls. The lake is an engagement celebration. Just a few close friends. Agatha Morris and I have put together a luncheon on the lake as a little surprise for you two. We've been scheming. We're like two sisters. We work together like a finely tuned... Mother, you knew about the proposal? Of course. Stephen? How long has Mother known? Don't start, Andrea. I'm not starting. Of course I would say yes, but... 
What if I hadn't? Norman. I told you. Told her what? Uh, that you kids should have... That it may have been better for you to announce the proposal. Announce? Of course. How could we possibly plan an entire engagement luncheon in a week's time? Well, how long have you known? Oh, not that long at all. The girl's in shock. She probably doubted she'd ever see this day. And now here it is. Let me see your ring, darling. You haven't already? Well, yes. I did help a little picking it out. Why don't you boys go and have fun together? We have a lot of work to do. Are you all right? Of course. I'd like to take you to lunch this week. Just just us. Of course. Shoo, both of you. Darling, love you. I love you too. To Shrimp Louie. I'm not hungry. I'll have a gin gimlet. Andrea, she will not. Yes, please take the salad away. I'll have a gin gimlet. Must you be petulant? Oh, darling, I'm sorry. Are you terribly overwhelmed? I don't know. If you weren't, I'd be worried. Yes. Well, what is it? I'm confused. What are you confused about? I told you about the girl at work, Ellen? Yes, of course. Would you like her to be one of your bridesmaids? Well, you've just got to make the oldest McGinnis girl the maid of honor. I'll never hear the end of it. You remember how the two of you used to play at the club? In the pool? And the Easter egg hunts. Oh, from what I understand, she considers you one of her best friends. She didn't invite me to her wedding. Well, of course not. It was that summer you flitted away to Paris. Well, I was going to mention that Ellen continued to help work after she married. She married a well-respected lawyer. One gin gimlet. Yes, here. Must you drink that so fast? I'm just trying to calm my nerves. Well, why didn't you say so? Here, take one of my pills. Thank you. Let's talk about the date and details. It will take us months to get this right. How about we talk about the guest list? Mother. What is it? I want to stay at the firm. I don't know what to say. And I was hoping to be able to confide in you. Again, I don't know what to say. I'm having problems at work. Well, why on earth would you want to stay on? I like it. I have ambition, and I think I have potential. Oh, God. I need one of these pills now. I wanted to ask you. My boss, Mr. Hayes, he's been very short with me. I was doing such a good... I don't want to leave feeling as if I'm a failure. Am I dreaming? Mother! I'm utterly... I am not the person to discuss this with. All right. The, the McGinnises, the guest list? Yes. Let's do this alphabetically, shall we? I have a pen and paper here. You write down. I'll focus on the guest list. How large were you thinking? Let's go big. You're our only child. I've spoken with the manager at the club. We'll do the reception there. Would you like to do the ceremony in the garden? I'm not certain whether we should do it in a church. That would be more... That would be quite dramatic. But the garden is more genteel in some ways. A hundred? At least. All right. Uh, that's a good point. Uh, let's get the list done, and I'll talk with Agatha and Victoria McGinnis. See what they think. The Abrahams. That's five. Nick and Laura Barnyard. That's two. The Collins. Four. 
No, the youngest just got married. Five. Mother was over the moon. And so was father. It seemed in Stephen Morris I'd found a man that satisfied them both. How much father took to Stephen. The both of them talking about art, poring over father's art books, sharing the joy and woes of selling out a bit to apply their art to advertising. I didn't know, but like my father, Stephen dreamed of going back to the studio one day. Andrea? Oh, you scared me. I'm sorry I didn't meet you at the elevator. I didn't expect you yet. What are you doing here so early? It's not even seven o'clock. I wanted to get the contracts typed up in case you needed me on campaign work. That's ambitious of you. Can I take your coat? I made coffee. I can get you a cup. Yes. Then come into my office. Yes, sir. There you are. Thank you, Andrea. Of course. Here, sit down. I'd like to talk with you. You look nice today. I like that color on you very much. I'm wearing the scarf you gave me. Are you? I hadn't noticed. Here we are. Arinda, ready to... Oh. Why did you take it off? No reason. I'm ready to take notes to discuss Arinda. No reason? You won't tell me why you removed the scarf or if I've somehow upset you? It's... I'm just... I feel as if my feelings are... It's... I'm just... I feel as if my feelings are... I'm not... Honestly, I'm taking it personally, and I shouldn't be. Why should I? Taking what personally? I suppose I remembered last time. Well, I guess wearing the scarf... I don't know what I was... You said you noticed these things. Here, have a smoke. Settle your nerves. I shouldn't smoke in here. Not while I'm working. Why is that? Appearances? Don't be silly. It's seven o'clock in the morning. No one's here. No, I... I'm not sure I want to be seen. You don't want to be seen doing something so familiar with me, but you take off your scarf and are having a difficult time composing sentences? Please don't make fun of me. Is this all in my imagination? (laughs) Is what in your imagination, Andrea? The scarf. All of it. You're the one who had me stand here while you put it around my neck. Standing here waiting for you to tie it around my... Oh, is that it? I'm sorry I didn't notice you were wearing the scarf today. I told you I thought you looked very nice. Lovely. As for putting it on you a few weeks back, I honestly don't remember the exchange. I gave a gift to you as my secretary. I apologize if you took it to mean something else. You do a good job. I'm very busy and I forget to... I wanted to tell you I appreciate your work. That's all it was. A professional gesture of appreciation. Oh. Has it upset Stephen that I've given you a scarf? Is that it? No. I mean, I hadn't thought to tell him. No, it's... Here, have a look at the product descriptions. Arinda Silverware... It's not a big account, but Arinda's a subsidiary, so this will be sort of bait them and reel them in. Yes, sir. I'd like you to take a look at it, and then we'll work together on it before we send it down to the art department. I'm counting on you as I would any ad man. 
I'm happy to work on the campaign. I'm happy you trust me so much. I'm glad it makes you happy, Andrea. I'm sorry for my outburst a moment ago. It was very childish. It's quite all right. No, it's not. It was very unprofessional of me. I'm afraid my mind is very... Well, I'm confused, or rather... It's the wedding planning. It's all moving so quickly. Is that how it is? What? Before one gets married? (laughs) How would I know? Listen, my advice is to keep your mind on your work. Most girls would have already left by now. You're not the first to move on to a better opportunity. But if you're going to see it through, no more of this nonsense, all right? Now I feel very foolish. I'm sure it is all the wedding planning. I'm a nervous wreck. Here I came in first thing it's in the morning. It's all settled. Yes, I hope you... Good. Let's talk about Arinda. You've been privy to the Rinda silverware discussions? Yes, somewhat. I told them about a girl working for me who is very talented. Me? Really? I think you'd be uniquely suited to the Count, with your new perspective. New perspective? Yes, engagement, silverware, plated silver, stainless steel lasts forever, all that. Oh, is that the concept? That's what Arinda came up with, but I told them I'm leaving it up to you. So you think I might be able to... I've already arranged for it. You'll need to ask Ellen to pull in one of the girls from the typist pool so you can work on this. With the art department? They'll know it's my campaign? Of course. And the copywriters. Will it be print and radio? And television. Television? Mostly print, but television too. Do you have a tagline yet? A working one. Orinda, yours to live with, yours to love, for keeps. Oh. For the next week, I worked like crazy on the campaign. It was a rivaling satisfaction. As much as I loved planning my future with Mother, I was deeply satisfied losing myself in the Orinda Silverware campaign. It seemed it brought Richard and me back to a familiar, friendly place. When he was free, I'd go into his office and ask him questions about the company, bounce ideas off him. He'd nod and look up at me, impressed. Good, he said. One time he said, I think you're going to make my company a lot of money. How do I describe the effect of those little phrases? Breadcrumbs, really, but I devoured them. A kind word or acknowledgement set me on fire or over the moon. I started to daydream that we would be work partners. Friends. I tried to imagine double dating once Stephen and I were married. Of course, that fantasy always came to a sober end. Richard's wife was a lunatic. He was as good as widowed. No, worse. If he were widowed, I would set him up with one of the girls here. What I'm trying to say is that I was looking for a way to fix the predicament. I was figuring out a complex logic problem. How to have everything I wanted. A life with Stephen while staying tethered to Richard. So I told myself we could be partners, work together. I told myself these things, but all the while I really knew the truth. I was glad that Mother taught me a long time ago that often truth is trumped by necessity.
Hi, it's Donna Barrow here. I'm the creator of The Diarist, and I'm hopping on at the end of this show to ask you for your help. If you like The Diarist, please give us a review on iTunes. Also, please consider supporting our work through a Patreon membership. Red Couch Black Dog Productions is a brand new production company. We're a team of actors, theater professionals, sound engineers, and writers working together to bring you high quality audio fiction. We really need your help to bring you season two, a brand new audio drama. We also need to offset some of our costs and pay our actors who have generously donated their time and talent to this show. Please visit our website, thediaristpodcast.com, where you can find links to our Patreon page. If you do become a Patreon member, you'll receive early releases of episodes, bonus content exclusive to Patreon members, including chapters from the novel and interviews with the cast and the writer. There's other perks and benefits, but mostly you'll be helping produce great quality audio fiction. Thank you for listening and thank you for helping us continue our work.